week's episode is brought to you by HumanGo, Super League Triathlon's official AI coaching partner. HumanGo is a unique training platform that will improve athletic motivation and performance because it understands how we train and why we train. Hugo, their AI assistant, understands your goals and changing commitments to continuously build an adaptive training plan with regular guidance for athletes of all levels. Hello and welcome to a very special short shoot show. So much to talk about because we've had three back-to-back weeks of racing. We take a breath right now and pause in the championship series before we head to Toulouse. And the storylines are really forming because we're getting to the business end now uh, of competition. Two more rounds to go. Toulouse, of course, next weekend from across the world. We welcome uh, a couple of the team managers in Hawaii right now, preparing for Kona, not competing, preparing other people to compete. The Eagles manager, Tim Don, and in Poland, am I right? Maka, you're in Poland. Poland, just arrived. Just arrived. You always just arrived somewhere or you're just about to leave somewhere. So you go Poland, and then you go London, and then you go to Barcelona to do a 70.3. Good luck. Busy week. Busy week. Are you prepared at all? Before we get into the actual athletes, are you prepared to be, you know, who you are, which is a four-time champ? No. No, I haven't been prepared for 10 years. That's why I walked away from it. <laughs> but it'll be, uh, good to be back around the atmosphere and, yeah, see how we go. Well, you're good, officially good. racing in the age group wave, so I can, I can track I'm you on that. Yeah, yeah, but don't expect me to run. I may. I think I'm only gonna. I'm gonna do swim, run, done. Isn't it swim, bike, done? Not swim, bike, run. Swim, swim bike, bike, done. You say that, but surely the competitive instinct comes back, and you get in the zone, and then you like. Isn't that? Don't you think that's going to happen? No, no, I don't. No. So are, you, are you racing in? Um, are you racing in Scorpions kit? I need to. Jeez, I do better than what we after last week. Maybe, could, oh. maybe I could get drafted. I could get drafted. You're going to be a player manager, a racer manager. I love yeah. it. <laughs> our boys have been our boys have been fumbling along, as you know, Tim. So, who uh, knows? If you, no. if you if you want to slip a suit on, I'll take you. Put your hand up. <laughs> Celebrity oh, relay in Barcelona. <laughs> All right. Well, let's look. Let's look back at what happened in Malibu, especially. Obviously, we've had three rounds and uh, a couple of rounds since we've done a podcast, but. You know, all the focus is on Malibu and then the storylines coming out of that heading into Toulouse for Super League Triathlon. And I think if we're going to start with the women's, we have to start with Georgia Taylor-Brown because, I mean, and there's a lot of parallels to where Matt Hauser was. It's a very different race, but they fell in the same corner. Uh, Obviously, Georgia didn't stop at the stop sign that was on the ground and ended up in the barrier. But for her to work her way back through the field and end up on the podium was a real... I guess, statement of intent to everybody else in the same way that when Matt Hauser was wrongly accused of false starting and he worked his way back, she probably, after the, the wounds healed, will end up going, gee, well, that was an amazing race and I end up being third and I'm only one point off the championship win. Tough, but a great a great comeback, Tim. Oh, absolutely. I think um, she showed that in the Olympics in Tokyo, getting that flat tyre, you know, and everyone you know thought she was out and she still ran up road, road and ran her way up there. Um, yeah, as soon as she as soon as she hit the ground, she got back up, and she wasn't she wasn't looking for an excuse not to finish. She was looking at getting a chain on, getting back going, and yeah, fair play. I mean, these short, fast races, you, you would have said a top five would have been an amazing performance, but to to almost you know get second, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what can't she do at the moment. That's it, isn't it? Stay on her bike. (laughs) Yeah, apart from stay on her bike. Uh, She probably can't get in the shower without screaming, giving all of of the grazes that she took a lot of bark off. She did do the team relay the day after. Fair play. She did. 
you know, because I stood next to her on the start line and uh, it was very disheartening to be, if I'm being completely honest with you. Um, but Mac, I mean, she, you need you need GTB to talk to your other returning now Scorpion in Cassandra Bogran and say, hey, when you have an accident, you can also just get up and keep going and still and still do well. Yeah, Georgia Taylor Brown's sort of uh, created from a different cloth than others in the team. I think she's a very very tough young athlete. Not that all the athletes aren't tough, but she uh, you just saw it. She dropped the bike. She was straight back up. There was no not even a thought of staying down or or oh what just happened. It was bang straight back to business and. Yeah, it's testament not only to her as an athlete, but I guess her experience as well, that anything can happen. She she realised she was still in the game. I know when I was watching it, I was frustrated because she was standing on the opposite side of the bike, right? I'm thinking when you're putting a chain back, get on the same side of the bike as the chain's on and put the chain on. I was a bit, oh. So she took a little longer than than I was hoping. But, yeah, when you've got a, when you've got a swim, bike, run combination like that, and you don't panic and you get back in the game. She knew it was, it was only in, in stage one. She had a lot more of racing to go and uh, and she was able to pull that back. Her swim's been remarkable. It's been a big asset for her in the entire racing series. Absolutely. And, and it has as well for Taylor Spivey, who made the most of her opportunity there. And it's not to say she wouldn't have created it without Georgia having an accident uh, in the same way that maybe Hayden Wilde wouldn't have necessarily won or maybe he would have if Matt Hauser hadn't had one. But Taylor he was excellent. He would have won. Oh, he's an he eagle, isn't he? Nah. <laughs> All right, I understand. I understand. But a huge boost for Taylor Spivey at home, you know, an hour from where she grew up, doing it at home, breaking a four-year drought for her and taking the championship lead. Oh, that's massive. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, she, she, I mean, you, you saw last week, you know, she was great in London. Last weekend, I was, I mean, sorry, in Munich, I was surprised that um, she lost the sprint to, um, yeah, Sophie Coldwell. But to come back here and um, yeah, she she took the moment and she she executed a, a flawless race. You know, maybe she got lucky in the last race catching that wave, but I don't think that was luck. You know, that that, that that's a skill set. You know, another athlete in the same position might not have done that um, and and caught that wave. But yeah, she was meticulous in the way she went about it. I do think um, she's back to you know what was it? Well, four years ago, you know, she's back to that you know, really gutsy kind of, yeah, go go out and get it um, kind of racing. Yeah, look, we, we saw it in London. She She's she's come into the series in sizzling form and she's just been knocking on the door. I think going home, you know, being in familiar surroundings, she was confident going into the beaches there. She she likes that open water swim. As you said, she made her own luck with that, that little wave through that inside gully that gave her a little bit of a break. But you don't win Super League racing with a little wave. You win Super League racing by being consistently strong and putting yourself in the action from the onset. She's done it all series and it was, yeah, okay, did she benefit from the crash of Georgia Taylor-Brown? Of course she did. Everybody did. But I think she would have been highly competitive there regardless and she would have pushed Georgia. And I, I think come to lose, she's not in to lose to, to lose. I think she's in to lose to win. So. Oh, that's lovely. That's lovely. <laughs> I had to say it. But, uh, yeah. I've actually written that into sorry. the top of the television broadcast. It's like in the first five minutes I've already used that joke. Oh, okay. <laughs> I couldn't control myself. It's coming up. But now you said it first, so I'll just look like I've been stealing it from you. And, you know, I looked on the Super League website this morning and, it, you know, the, one of the major headlines is, Tim regrets not seeing me. Her dad came up to me and, and he was like, oh, don't you regret that now? And I was like, oh, my God. Like, 
it's like I'm so happy that she's having great races because last year she, I wouldn't say underperformed, but she's had a hard run of it. And, um, you know, I lost seven of my athletes because they aren't racing the series. I had one left and I thought, you know what, I'm going to start afresh. Let's build the eagles. Let's get the little eagle chicks and, and, and mold them and nurture them. And it's not quite working out so far. But um, yeah, no, I mean, I'm super happy that, you know, she's having having these great races and she, she's earned it herself. Would I want her to be an eagle? Yeah, probably. But, you know, like, yeah, I'm just glad that she's out there executing great races. Um, I'm not, I'm not, it's not a disaster. Even though, yeah, I can't believe her manager, everyone has come up to me going, yeah, aren't you glad you've regretted that? And I'm like, easy, Tiger, easy. <laughs> Can't you give us another headline? Can't you say, she's terrible, she's going to blow up, I don't care? Yeah, it's only halfway yeah, through the season. Too- you watch. Oh, she's not a team. She's not a team player, and you know she's a bit of a prima donna, and you know she always turns left when she gets on the plane. Everyone else turns right. She brings her makeup. I'm joking. I made all that stuff up. You know, but no, that's a quote. They're going to pull that out. They're not going to say you. No, joking. they probably will. Blimey, that. <laughs> <laughs> all the little headline makers at Super League are like, "That's perfect. We'll clip that out. Forget that joking <laughs> bit." Um, one other thing, you know, obviously it's a race in two, right, at the moment. They're on like 41 and 40 championship points. There's a big gap back. But then there's a huge chunk of athletes uh, all vying for that third spot. So third through eighth or something, like five points between them all. And I just, there's some boom debutantes in there, right? So Jean Lahaire has been great. Steinhaus has been great. Garcia picked up a second position. Like, it's so nice to see this. They're not, I mean, not these athletes are all not young. Some of them are. But they're all new to Super League and they've been super consistent. And I think that's really added to the racing. And now there's a real race on for that third position behind Spivey and behind Taylor Brown. So, I mean, Macca, obviously, you, you must be happy to see these athletes come in, some of whom have great experience uh, outside of Super League, but are all new to it. I think that's what's, what's been amazing at Super League. It was only a couple of years ago we we're talking about young athletes like Hayden Wilde and Alex Yee. And people were saying, oh, who are these young, young stars? It's, it's, what, it's what we develop. We bring on in this new talent. They refine their skills by taking on the world's best in multiple stage racing. You, you, you learn your craft by racing more against the world's best. And I think Super League exposes a lot of the youngsters to that and gives them the opportunity to, to believe in themselves. You know, suddenly you're, you're running head-to-head with Georgia Taylor-Brown, the Olympic gold, Olympic silver medalist, so thinking, well, this is the pace I can keep up, and, and your confidence grows. I think we've seen that in Taylor Spivey this year. She's a confidence athlete, but more so in those athletes you've mentioned. And, uh, you know, I expect them to do super well and stay stay near that point. And to pick a, to pick a podium finish from those from the multitude of athletes in that third to sixth position is, is almost impossible, especially with Sophie Caldwell and, 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 and athletes like that coming in and out of the series. They're still well and truly capable of winning a race and jumping a lot of those athletes as well on points. So I know Cassandra Bogran is back. She couldn't do the trip over to, to the States because of training. So she's down in sixth or seventh position from memory on, on the points. I think she'll she'll jump back up. She races exceptionally well at home and and she showed that she's in sizzling form as well. So it's just great to have so much. A lot of people say, where is the depth? There is so much depth. It's just new names and new talent that will start to become the names and the talent of the future as we lead into Paris. Well, that's exactly right. I mean, suddenly they go, next year when we have the same athletes and they've had one season and Jean Lahaire finished fourth, everyone's like, oh, Jean Lahaire's back. You know, the depth is there. 
And like last yeah, year, yeah. they're like, who was that? Like, how, who is this in terms of, you know, Super League context? It's just, it's that kind of thing. And I, I think you, you touched on Bo Grant and Colwell because, you know, they're both still figuring very much in the points, having missed a whole round. And you go back and you look at it, it's like 14, 13, 0. And you go, well, Sophie Colwell's in the box seat there as, as well, Tim. Like, you have, those two will, I mean, if someone has a bad race out of Spivey and Taylor Brown, they'll put themselves in that, in that mix for the overall. Absolutely, especially Sophie, because she's really kind of in it from the front. You know, you know, we know Cassandra is, but she's a bit further behind because she had the she obviously didn't finish in um, mm. Munich. But yes, I mean Sophie Coldwell, but it's, it's great. I mean, I, joking aside, we say it's the future of triathlon. Well, it's the athletes which are the future, and they're creating their own future by stepping up to the plate, racing Olympic medalists, racing world champions. You know, the the best of the best, and you know, watching Jean Lahair take that um, swim pre, the way she floated across that sand. I mean, she, that was the first stage of, of, what, nine stages, and she was attacking it. She didn't care who the names were, who the other women were. Um, yeah, no, it, it's great, great to see. And, yeah, Miriam as well. I mean, you know, she must have thought, what is going on in that last race? I'm fighting for, 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 for a series win, you know, that. I mean, it, it's just great to see those younger, younger athletes in Super League at years you know, come through and develop. So, um, yeah, I'm, I, I, you, you can throw a blanket over them and, and pick any of them out and th- that they could be, be your third. And as you said, still Georgia and um, Taylor, they still need to finish every race well. You know, it's not a foregone conclusion. That's exactly right. And that's, well, that's what we saw happen to, to Hauser. And then obviously there's the athletes that have had bad luck and you could probably put Sian Rainsley in there. Uh, I know she was, you know, obviously she's very unhappy with how things have gone for her over the last three weeks. Uh, Beth Potter's had her fair share of bad luck. But then there's there's the veterans, if you, well, not the veterans, but kind of the veterans in like non-Stanford and Rachel Clammer who have not been on the pace this year. And I, I don't know, obviously for different reasons, but um, those two probably have underperformed, would you say, Chris? Oh, look, the one thing, yeah, underperformed. The one thing that you say, did... Yeah, yeah. The one thing you discover with this style of racing, and Tim and I had the luxury of racing in the 90s, is uh, it is short, dynamic racing. It, it really suits youth, you know. It, 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 really, it really starts to sh- – you feel your age. I, I can only give the examples of a young Australian athlete called Courtney Atkinson that Tim used to race. This guy dominated this style of racing from a very, very young age. And from 18, 19 years of age, this kid came into this style of racing and was very, very difficult to beat because he had such a powerful swim. He was so balanced across the three disciplines, so tidy in transition, and just naturally fast where endurance tends to suit the older athletes. And I do think Non and, and Rachel Klammer sit in that in that sort of echelon of athletes right now. Over an Olympic distance, I think they'd be probably more competitive than the girls in front of them. But this is not Olympic distance racing. This is Formula One of triathlon. This is fast, dynamic racing, and they're getting exposed by the sheer speed of the youngsters and the youth and uh and that's what makes this racing very, very cool. Laura Lindemann back as well, which is going to be a, a, another little thing to add in. And that, I mean, she comes in as a, I guess, a second wild card. And that's a that's a very good wild card to have. She was good, top five in, in Munich. We can expect the same again, Tim. I think so. And maybe she's not a cheater this time. She's a rhino. Oh, she's I switching think, teams. Maybe she's switching teams. There was Ooh. a mid-season transfer. For oh, the draft window was open. The Swiss, <laughs> the Swiss team got the. Um, Got the watches and the cheese out, did a deal. But yeah, no, I mean, yeah, she's a class, she's a class athlete. And um, yeah, I, I, I think similar to what Mac was saying, I think she was shocked that these young girls were all over her 
in Munich. So hopefully she's gone away. You know, she's carried on obviously her training, but she's sharpened up. You know, it's not, we talk about these transitions, but for me, it, the transition starts kind of like the last 50 meters of the swim and the run to transition. You know, it starts the last 500 meters of the bike, you know, in an Olympic distance. I'm not saying complacency, but just as long as you're in the lead group, that's good enough to run run up for a podium. If you're not right on the front foot, then you are, you are, yeah, you're, you're just cursing yourself for the next discipline. So hopefully she is going to sharpen up those small things. And um, yeah, we're going to see her at the pointy end. Um, yeah, again. It's just after you watch this for five or six weeks and then you go and watch an Olympic distance race, it's just, it's just boring. I don't know. I find it really boring. I'm like, all right, have a decent swim, ride around in a group for 40 Ks, and then we'll have a runoff to see who's got the legs today. That just seems to happen over and over. But this one, there's just so many things that can go wrong, and that's why it's so much fun to commentate. Are you guys, um, what's the team? What Are you happy with the teams element? Obviously, you guys are now third and fifth. And we're no, talking I'm about, not happy. Yeah, well, you wouldn't be happy because you're coming last in. And, and Mackie, you're, you're consistently, men, consistently last. Your assistant manager, Chris McCormack, and you might not know this, after because you didn't have any men finish the race in Malibu, yeah. and after the last one got eliminated, he just walked out in disgust <laughs> off the black carpet. So like, I'm not doing this anymore. Finished, and he just left. I mean, like, you should have seen, seen the team meeting. You should have seen the team meeting. He asked the girls if they'd race the men's race and to lose. All the men retired. It was, yeah, it was, it was a, it was a disappointing display, without question, in Malibu after the, after the buzz of bringing Cam Worth in, and we, we, we knew that Cam wouldn't showcase, you know, being an Ironman, being a big name in triathlon doesn't correlate to necessarily winning Super League races, as we saw. It's, as I said earlier, it's like putting Kipchoge in an event with Usain Bolt, both big names, but Usain will blow his doors off, and that's exactly what happened. I think Cam was quite shocked by that, but. That being said, the, the instructions for the team, and Cam brought a lot of team dynamic to the team because he comes out of that Ineos Grenadas team and he was a great asset without question. But the one thing he said was like, guys, we, we you know, in any team we all have to fight for each other and we fight individually and, uh, and every point matters. But on the men's side, we just got our doors blown off. We were never in the hunt. And, uh, yeah, we, you know, the, the discussion was to score points no matter what across anything. We need to put two or three athletes in that top you know, in that top 15 overall at the end of the day, we weren't expecting to grab a lot of the individual discipline points. But uh, when we were out of the – we're eliminated by, by stage three. Shoot, we, didn't even have, we won a short shoot, but we didn't even have anyone in the final. Right? So, yeah, that's, that's an issue. You've got to be in it to take it, first? That's got to be a first, surely. A first. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it's happened one other time. that uh, It happened in London last year that I think that there was a – Someone won the short shoot, but there was an that was individual, right? So, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, Lopez won the short shoot, didn't make it through to stage three. But yeah. to have no one on the team make it through, that's a that's a future trivia question. That is, that's Chris yeah, Cormac's yeah. Bahrain Victoria Scorpions from two thousand and twenty-two. <laughs> what about you, TD? You've gone from penthouse to outhouse, my friend. I have, yeah. I, look, and I'm not making excuses because racing's racing. You know, when the gun goes, there's there's no hiding out there, but. You know, the first race in London and in Malibu, we only had one woman finish each of them. Um, you know, Shana, you know, she had a great swim in London, was involved in a crash. Non's buckle broke on her helmet, so she couldn't carry on. Again, um, Shan was in a crash. This time it was a front flap that kind of took her out. Um, and, yeah, not, non, non's, non's consistently been, been our, our finisher. 
So the women really, they've been getting a few individual discipline points, but they really need to kind of have a little bit of luck. But as Mac has said, it's, it's, they've got to fight. They've got to fight for themselves and they've got to fight for the team. And, you know, I know we're last, but those the boys, the Eagles, they've really been working together. They're really coming together. They're trying to, you know, after what happened in London, they really came together behind Matt. They're fighting for short shoots so he can get them. Um, you know, there was a big, we, we really changed our strategy in trying to get discipline points, not the short shoot. And again, we're, I think we're first and second in the swim. We're third in the bike and I think we've got, no, we haven't got any, we're fourth in the run. So, you know, they're really, you know, changing their dynamics. Emil Holmes has just been, he's, he's a great, him and Dan Dixon have been rooming together. Dan got fourth. He's like, mm. it's the most serious, it's the most money he's ever won in a triathlon. Yeah, he was so stoked on Sunday. He's, he's like, he was on the phone to his old man going, hey, how much is it like? Oh, I won, won like nine grand. Like like <laughs> nine grand. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's brilliant and, and and i know they're hungry for um and because we're last we get one of the wild cards and they're hungry for toulouse um but yeah they, they, they're hungry they're to lose or they're hungry for toulouse oh, they're yeah, hungry for toulouse okay, okay. <laughs> um yeah so but 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 i think i think the women more than ever they really realize they need to step up not step up because that's harsh but but that they need to have a flawless performance compared to what they have individually and if they do that, I'm, sh- I'm I'm positive that we're going to get some more points. And, and yes, we are last, but we're only one race away from jumping to third. You know, like look, the, the Bahrain Victoria Scorpions went from first to third. You know, I, we could easily go from you know fifth to third um, if we have a good race. Um, and yeah, Manny Hauser, obviously, you know, he's out the series unless something happens terribly to some of the other guys, which I wouldn't wish it upon them. And yeah, I mean, he's the inform athlete, but. Um, you know, I, I, he's, he's actually um, he's um, in Loughborough living with Alex Yee at the moment. So he's mm. got a good training partner there with Ryan. And I, and I think he's going to come back, you know, guns blazing, wanted to, to say, I'm, I'm still the man to be, you know, um, let's go, Hayden. Well, hold that thought. We will talk about the men's. We're going to take a quick break right now. We'll be back to preview the men's. But now it's time for Coach's Corner with Olympic gold medal winning coach, Ironman champion coach and triathlon hall of famer. Another one, Lance Watson. Lance, thanks so much for joining us um, back on Coach's Corner again. Good to have you back, mate. And I understand that you're just coming off a uh, glorious victory at Ironman Wisconsin, not personally, but someone that you coach. Yeah, not personally, definitely not. Um, you know, I, I may have a world record for longevity of coach-athlete relationship. Uh, it was Brent McMahon. He won his fifth Ironman a couple of days before his 42nd birthday. It's been uh, a good three years between uh, victories. Obviously, the pandemic played into that, but um, just couldn't be happier. You know, it's uh, I started coaching Brent as a teenager when he was 16. Uh, in fact, funny little side story, uh, you know, I took him to Europe on a tour when he was 17 and his parents signed over legal guardianship to me. And this is 25-year-old <laughs> Coach Lance, right? So, Maybe I should have a talk with them now. I'm not sure I would do that again. <laughs> they would have done it, but they did. And anyway, that was that's where it all started. And uh, yeah, what a ride. And um, what an exciting day for him. He, he led wire to wire, um, first out of the water, had a little 45-second uh, lead on athletes like Ben Hoffman, Andy Potts, Cody Beals. And um, it was uh, classic Canadian weather, you know, 13 degrees, pouring rain rolling terrain and uh, every time check, he just extended a little bit more. 
14 minute victory at the, at the finish, which was incredible. So just, that is incredible. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's, you know, I've got three more years left in me then. To, yeah, to, you're just to, kind of, you're just approaching your prime, uh, you know, just um, yeah. get you going on Human Go and get you on the right program there. And, uh, you know, look that's out. what I keep telling my family. I'm like, I'm just, I'm just coming into it now. Like, quit this your day is job, it. you know, this, it's, this uh, my, go, my 40s. go get a real uh, job as a professional triathlete. You'll be great. <laughs> I need to lose about 38 kilograms first. Now, that is, it's, a, it's a good tie-in actually because Brent was um, part of the inaugural uh, Super League Triathlon back in, was now five, six years ago in Hamilton Island. Right. Um, have you been watching the championship series? Uh, what have your thoughts been so far? We've had three back-to-back weekends and I, I imagine, you know, three back-to-back weekends, it doesn't happen very often in terms of racing. So, you know, as a coach, you must be like, oh, I don't, I don't know about this. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Um, you know, you have to come in with a great base of fitness, of course, and then you're working those weekends into your overall training plan. So, you know that the guys are and the and the gals are doing um, probably some endurance work the day after the race, just to make sure that they keep their overall uh, fitness and base up. And then they're probably doing some, um, you know, mid race pace or Olympic distance race pace midweek, just to stay in touch with the, that energy system. And um, their coaches would be identifying those weekend races as, as their anaerobic work or their speed work kind of in their overall season plan, making sure that they're, you know, rested coming into the weekend and they're able to absorb uh, the work coming out too. But uh, yeah, it's an interesting puzzle for a coach to um, guide an athlete through that. And uh, I mean, it's just, you just marvel at the athleticism of those athletes uh, and, you know, just backing up stage after stage and, and, and pushing at that level of intensity and that, that level of speed that they do um, watching them in Malibu coming through the finish. And, you know, there was no waiting around. They were straight out and setting up and getting ready to go again. And then, uh, you know, for any of us who've ever tried to swim in the surf, forget about having just finished a triathlon <laughs> to get back out there and go again. It's hard, you know, like you're, you're moving against, uh, you're trying to move against the, the, the waves and, currents and, and that it's it's very anaerobic uh, in itself so yeah what a, what a weekend of racing it was in Malibu that one particularly was exciting for me to watch yeah I mean coming from your incredible base of experience which athletes out there really you know I guess impress you with the way they go about it from the Super League field like I always look at someone like a Georgia Taylor Brown and she and she mm-hmm. tends to be super composed in how she mm-hmm. uh, deals with all of the thinking that goes into this as well, as well as the athletic stuff. And then you saw, obviously, she had a crash and still came back and it finished with a podium. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you must be really impressed with it. There's, there's probably a few athletes there that you think they're really on top of it in terms of their little one percenters. Yeah, no, for sure, Will. It's, um, it, so there's a reason these men and women are champions. And part of it is the athletic package, of course, and um, they're gifted athletes. They, they chose their parents correctly, which is <laughs> part of it. But, um, um, you know, there's, there's learning every time you go through any kind of a race experience, you learn. And when you see these athletes at this point in their career, they've um, got up and regrouped from crashes before. Um, they have willed themselves through anaerobic pain numerous times over the years and they know how to keep their head in the game so when you have a newer athlete sometimes things go 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 wrong and um their brain immediately starts you know focusing on the mistake or how it's not their day and and that little conversation in their head just starts to escalate 
Um, whereas an athlete like that, they're, they get very, very good. They spend a lifetime actually learning how to quickly refocus and get back on task and, and in some ways keep their head empty <laughs> and just react and proact um, within the situation. So, I mean, certainly you, you see Hayden out there racing and, and he's really, um, I mean, he's, he's just a beast, right? Like he's, he's awesome. And it's exciting to watch how aggressively he races, but you also see a young man who's really starting to come into his prime, you know, overall. And um, the confidence is building and um, he's just getting stronger. He's kind of putting that man muscle on as well. You know, so that's, that's helping him out. But um, the more times they have success and the more time they, they deal with uh, different kinds of adversity, it all goes into their overall skill set and their mental toolbox. And um, yeah, so to your point, you know, bouncing back from a crash, um, you know, reacting to a surge, picking the right spot in a bike group to go into a turn, um, not losing a rear wheel, you know, it's, it was, it was tough to see Hauser go down like that. I mean, that was sort of the battle we were all excited about, but, um, mm. you know, it's, um, even the top guys make mistakes, but he'll, he'll learn from that one as well too. And maybe play it just a little bit cooler the next time. Yeah. What was interesting to me was that at the back of the field, while all that was happening at the front of the field, at least in the men's race, we had Cam Worth yeah. who kind of, yeah. uh, Put the hand up and full credit to him yeah. uh, for coming from a, like a training block for Kona and coming yeah. from doing, you know, multiple day stage races and going, yeah, I'll have a go at this. Yeah. And he knew you could see we were doing interviews with him beforehand. He's like, yeah, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to blow the field way open. And yeah. it, was, it was one point where he said, hey, he pulled me aside and he said, can I can I run across the mountain line with my shoes in my hand after I get off the bike? I'm like, I said, ah. Oh, I'm thinking to myself, oh, mate, don't worry. You're probably not going to get eliminated at that point. Yeah. And then he said, no, no, to get the short shoot. Sorry, if I'm leading yeah. so I can get the shortcut. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. In my head, I'm like, I don't think it's going to happen. So he's trying to will himself yeah, yeah, into it. Yeah. But I can see deep down he was worried yeah. about the swim. And, and that's how that's how it, that played out. But, yeah. I mean, how do, how do you – what do you think of that to frame that effort considering that in two weeks now he's going to be a Kona and he's going to be looking at yeah, top five. I mean, that, well, I mean, first of all, what a legend uh, Cam Worth is. I mean, lifelong athlete, um, you know, decorated rower, <laughs> let's not forget, before yeah. he went yeah. to professional cycling and then um, to have the success he's had on the world stage in, in Ironman too. And so it's a great example of just a, um, you know, probably one of the best all around Australian endurance athletes in the last 15 years and um, how a big engine is a big engine and it can transfer from, from sport to sport. But within that, um, you know, athletes have different um, um, highlighted energy systems within their overall, you know, physiology. And uh, so for someone like Cam, I mean, he's shown that he has the ability to go long. He probably trains long and he trains hard and long regularly. And I have no doubt that if he said, okay, well, you know, I want to focus on this kind of um, style of racing and he, you know, committed even a half a season to um, doing the kind of anaerobic work and, and regular speed work that you need to do to be successful, um, he, he would be a factor in these races. But um, it also, you know, I, I actually kind of love hearing the story about him being like confident beforehand and, and talking about the short shoot and that, I mean, you know, that's, that's what we talk about, you know, with these, um, these athletes, I mean, they have to believe that they can do it. And he's not thinking about, oh, you know, hope I, you know, make the cutoff or, you know, he's, he's thinking about, 
um, you know, he's visualizing having that success and he's, he's visualizing being at the front of the race. And, um, you, you don't have any opportunity to win if you can't, you know, toe the line and, and see yourself uh, doing that. Um, but, you know, I guess on the other hand, probably a bit of a, um, a wake up for him as well, too, at, at how um, dynamic that style of racing is. And uh, if he's hungry to do more, which it sounds like he is, I'm sure he'll probably fine tune his prep a little bit and, uh, you know, and, and, and come away from that race with um, a, a little bit more of a, a visual, a mental visual of um, how it's going to pan out and how fast you have to be. So your cams, um, obviously, Kona for him is around the corner, right. and and we, we we obviously everyone in the triathlon and endurance sports world has one eye on on the the Big Island mm. when it, it comes October, yeah. um, and he he obviously balances his work as a professional cyclist with Team Ineos Grenadiers mm-hmm. with with his Ironmans, and right. he he said to me after the race, uh, you know, it's been difficult because I'm on call for the for the team, so they need me for something it just interrupts a preparation I might do for a, a triathlon, which has to come second fiddle at the moment. Mm-hmm. So he was told at the last minute that he had to come and work as a domestique for a certain multi-day stage race. And he was trying to prep for Ironman Spain, mm-hmm. which he ended up qualifying for Kona in. Mm-hmm. And then, so his preparation for this Ironman where he qualified for Kona was to do a multi-day stage race the, the week before. Mm-hmm. And then he finished second in that race. And then he finished second in, in Spain. He's like, he's kind of annoyed because he says to himself, if I didn't have, if you just told me earlier, I'd, if I plan better, I'd be able to win both of these things. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's got this mindset where he's like, well, yeah. if I just had more time and more planning, I'd be able to do both better. So now he's worked with a team, he's signed yeah. on for another two years and he's going to have is this all put into his plan. So he hasn't yeah. even really got serious about Ironman yet. Right. And now his team's going to back him in. So... Mm. When you when you consider that and and that like you know he he comes off he did that Ironman Spain in Spain and finished second off five days preparation yeah what can he be you know if he does <laughs> well, get it yeah right? so um, you know again uh, as a coach when you've worked with um, all kinds of athletes you know over the last few decades uh, things happen that make you uh, almost question your your paradigm <laughs> as a coach you know how do you prepare athletes and. Uh, so I had the good fortune of coaching uh, Chris Lietto for five years, and Chris was a dominant cyclist in our sport. And we actually looked for bike tours for him because we were like, how can we st- stress your best asset? You know, how can we get you in an environment where you have to compete with guys who are at the same level as you? And, uh, you know, the year when he had his breakthrough in uh, Hawaii, when he came sixth, he ended up coming second, almost winning the darn thing. But the, when he had his breakthrough, was uh, he came sixth. He, he went and done, had done the, the tour of Utah, you know, with a professional team. And um, so, you know, we were fitting in little jogs in and around there and <laughs> trying to, um, you know, keep him in touch with the triathlon piece. But um, the fact is, you know, someone like Cameron, first of all, yeah, planning and, and being able to um, anticipate what's coming at you would be super helpful. But he's still doing um, this incredible endurance work. And probably a takeaway for a lot of amateur athletes, you know, it's if you um, if you have an injury or you have a little setback or, or whatever, a lot of that fitness, it doesn't go away or it can come back pretty quickly. And, and we're often looking for how can you maximize what you can do at that point. So, yeah, Cam would have had to pull back on the swimming and the running for sure in that scenario. 
but he would have been supercharging uh, his cycling again. So he'll be really interesting to watch in Hawaii, you know, given um, his pathway being different than others, but he's also one of those athletes who uh, you would call an impact athlete on the course. And by that, I mean, he is a guy that can shake up the outcome of the race, you know, whether, however he does, you know, whether he comes top 10, top five podium, um, which he certainly has the potential to do. Um, he can wreck a lot of other guys' races out there too, because he is just so strong on the bike. And you know, when the chips are down and um, somebody makes a move on the bike, it doesn't matter who it is, guys are going to chase. And uh, mm-hmm. maybe maybe not in their best interest to do so, but they will. And uh, so we'll see. It's, a, you know, it's like dominoes. The dominoes will fall when he decides to make his move. Which is the testosterone that gets in the way of a race plan. And that's, I mean, I guess that's how Blumenfeld ended up being smart enough to, to win overall last year because he didn't, oh, in Utah, so he just didn't, Yes, he didn't do what he's done before. But um, mm-hmm. it's just, it's an interesting thing that you pointed out in terms of, you know, a professional athletes have their setbacks as well. And, and so does, um, so does, you know, your amateur athlete. And that's, mm-hmm. that's something that we all have. Like we all have families and we all have, jobs and we all have other things to do mm-hmm. and i guess that's what what makes human go really good so i've i've been on human go i've been using it mm-hmm. and every five minutes i'm like recalibrate please recalibrate <laughs> something's come up <laughs> yeah, yeah. please fix this for me yeah. um it's been really interesting and what is what it has done is forced me into doing way more base work than i would usually do i think that's i've realized that i haven't done enough stuff in because i just don't have time so i'm like right i have one hour what can you do for me Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. I, and that's what makes it a really interesting tool for, for yeah. an amateur athlete. Yeah. You know, um, I think first of all, a lot of us, we think, well, if, if I'm not bleeding out the ears all the time, then I'm, you know, not getting the maximum impact from my workout. And, uh, we do have different energy systems that need to be addressed. And, um, you'll find that having a good base of endurance, uh, that, that's the foundation, uh, for going faster in the long run. And it's, it's a couple of things. It's that staying power. When you build up that threshold and that speed, you still need to have that endurance to be able to sustain that pace. Um, but when your endurance is strong as well, it gives you the ability when you do get into those intervals to recover quicker between intervals, which allows the quality of the high intensity set to be higher, um, as well. Um, <laughs> and that's, I, I like the fact that you're like stressing the system and you're uh, testing the system by recalibrating and recalibrating. <laughs> and, uh, I try not to, but it's hard. It's hard because I'm like, oh, apparently someone else needs me for something. All right, I can't do this two hour block. After a while, it's just going to start giving you a hard time and say, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, at what point does Hugo, the AI, just yeah. go, what are you doing, Will? Come on, man. Yeah, come well, here. you know, uh, we're going to start again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, um, I, I mean, it's, it's, um, it's been neat to watch the programming and the AI evolve. And um, I, I go in there and I purposely throw things into the progression just to see what it will do. And I'll go back and I'll review the plan that it'll give me and make sure that it makes sense. And um, it's consistently, um, you know, um, moving and recalibrating, especially the intensity sessions, you know, it's, I've looked at some other platforms and sometimes it'll just shift things. And next thing you know, you're trying to do intervals three days in a row and intuitively, you know, okay, that's probably going to hurt me. Um, Whereas this always keeps an eye on a maximum percentage of your workload done in certain energy systems. So it's always, always calibrating and making sure that there's a hard ceiling on how much intensity will be put into your program. 
Um, but it'll also make sure that you don't have, um, you know, ridiculous gaps between doing, trying to do hard work because as an athlete, you know, um, you know, if, if I were your coach and I said, oh, you know, I know you haven't done intervals in two months, but let's go to the track and run all up 400s. You'd be like, well, that sounds fun. And will I be able to get out of bed tomorrow? <laughs> right. So, <laughs> yeah. so I would say it, it's exactly constantly metering out, um, uh, you know, um, periodized um, proportions of work in energy systems and gradually migrating um, the amount of endurance and threshold um quantities as you get closer to your a event and if your a event moves uh, as you've seen you know it's it, it starts thinking and your entire macro cycle will uh, reprogram for you so it's it's super effective and i'm probably going to be out of work soon but uh <laughs> mm. it's the future of training i am too don't worry we're all of our jobs are becoming obsolete eventually <laughs> yeah. the ai will do this it'll just be two ais talking to each other on a podcast and, <laughs> and they'll have great insight because we will have programmed them very well <laughs> well i'm going to continue with it i've got hang on 14 days until i have to race so um I, what can it do for me in 14 days let's find out yeah. half of which i'm going to be traveling <laughs> so I might be underprepared, but that's a human error. That's not a human human go error. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us on Coach's Corner again, Lance. It's always a, a, a really insightful part of the, the, the podcast. I mean, not notwithstanding the fact that the rest of the podcast is me basically talking to Macca, which it can be less insightful. So it's, a ni- it's nice to mix it up with something cerebral in the middle. <laughs> Oh, I, I don't know. Mac has, Mac has uh, got some great stories and some pretty amazing insights as do you too. But uh, yeah, thank you so much for having me back again. Well, it's, it's great to see you again. All right. Lance Watson there from Human Go. The guy's got an incredible resume and it's great to speak to him once again. All right, let's talk the men's a little bit more. And, and what a shame it was for Matt Hauser. Um, and, it's, and a shame for the championship as well, because, you know, just like Georgia, he couldn't stop at the stop sign whether there was a bit of sand blown on the course, whether it was a bit slippery on the white paint, we'll never know. Um, but it's it's now he's 14 championship points in arrears. So Hayden really put his foot on the throat and, and Matt's dropped to third. But as as we said just before, the, that um, he's with Alex Yee, he's recouping. He already, he was so devastated at the end, but already in the post-show when we interviewed him, he put it, to bed in his head and he's like okay well I'm going to come back I'm going to find a way back and anyone can have a bad day so we want to see the Aussies up top Macca yeah look despise Matty Hauser being an eagle and uh, I have a lot of time for him and I'd love to see him I would have loved to have seen him win the series to be quite honest with you he's he really came into London and I, I thought he was really disadvantaged after that wrong call and it's just difficult because you don't get the opportunity to go on and, and smash out get big wins like that. So the same win in Munich was like, ah, oh, it was sort of a bit of a bit of a, you know, there you go, how are you going? And I, I actually thought he was he would win the series. And it was great to see Australians do so well. He's you know, I I, I think he's gonna be very, very angry coming into Toulouse. I think he's gonna try and win this race. And I think he's gonna try and win win in, in Neom. And it'll just be okay, I mightn't have won the series because of points, but that's your point structure. But I was best on ground, you know, yeah. and that's sort of a statement I think Matt's going to make. He's been remarkable, a big asset this year. And I actually did feel for you, Tim, when he dropped that bite because I thought he was on the on on the way to having a dominant stage win. He he was he was away and clear, and uh, and with his run being so strong, 
I saw him as a, as a runaway leader of, of that racing. So it was sad to see, and, he, and to see him eliminated was, was devastating. Oh, yeah. And, it, yeah, if, if it wasn't an elimination, elimination race, it was just the 90-second rule. He was within 90 seconds, so he could have gone on, and we saw what he did in London coming back from that. And then, I, I mean, you guys are – I mean, he won Munich, and he beat Vasco and Hayden, who both had short shoots. Has that ever happened before? Someone at the end no. winning the race without getting a short shoot against two people with a short shoot. That's true. You know? The so way he, that short he, shoot worked out, though, because of transition, they were both last out of transition, those two, and then they took the short again, shoot that came back. That's the skill set of Super yeah. League, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so we true. talk about his big swims, but my gosh, he's, he's got a big run in him now, and, and he's just yeah. growing in confidence. And as Maka was said, I, I, I don't think he's going to come back going, oh, I'm not going to win the series. Oh, there's no point. I think he's going to go, if I don't win the series, I'm going to make sure I win in Toulouse. And I win in neon in the grand final, and like yeah, the form he's on. If he's you know he's, uh, I've messaged him a few times and touch with his injuries are good. They're very superficial. Um, yeah, I, I can't see him not having a full full gas attack on that. Well, you gotta you gotta be in. I mean, all it takes is for Hayden to pick up a flat tire or something or other, and then that's the end of that. I mean, we've seen it. We saw it with Vince back in. Singapore, we've seen it, you know, we've seen it multiple times. We saw it on the weekend with Georgia Taylor Brown, like it all, that's all it takes. Uh, and we saw it with Matt as well. So hypothetical, here's a hypothetical for you, Tim. Obviously, you've got Emil, you've got Jamie Riddle, you've got Dan Dixon, all guys who have been figuring up the in the top 10, which is great. Um, hasn't helped you off the bottom of the points table, but that's by the by. Um, if you had someone who was struggling at the back at the end, at, at, at stage one, and Matt Hauser was off the back, and there was three people getting eliminated. Would you say, "Hey, mate, drop back, like team orders. Let let you let the team part. Let let Daniel Ricciardo pass Max Verstappen type thing. Red Bull team orders, so we can get out of the elimination zone or not?" That's actually a great, great question. I think, thank you. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I would give it I, I, if they were close to him. But I mean, the boys were, you know, Jamie and Dan. I think in the first race they finished. Oh, I've got the result. They finished like fifth like and fifth, sixth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were right up there. You know, like you don't ask. Um, you know, like Hamilton, like Matt Russell's not going to let Hamilton pass six people and then let him pass if he's behind him. Yes, they would do the switcheroo or Red Bull would. Yeah, well, that's would what get I mean. To do it. But, but if you, had a, if you it, had a Ryan Fisher, is what I'm saying. <laughs> but if there were three people between them, would you do it? I don't think you could do that. Um, One day it'll I happen. One day it'll happen. Yeah. Michael would do Michael, that. We need to do a deal. We need to amalgamate the Scorpion women and the Eagles men, and we would be like destroying oh, be... everyone. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but oh, Michelle would say you'd be a shark. <laughs> yeah, you feel for the team yeah. that was left over, which was just the Scorpions men and the Eagles women or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be on tw- 10 points. Um, who else do I want to pull out? Shachar Sagiv. Wow. What a performance from him. Like he was the Amazing. he was the Miriam Garcia of the men's. And the Cheetahs sitting yeah. there in second position, stepped up to the plate. And then what everyone said afterwards was, we've been waiting, like all the athletes, were like we've been waiting for that from him. He had that in him. We knew that. And this was the day that he put it together, Maka. Oh, he was super strong, you know, and, and he was not an athlete we're all picking on. I think we're, we're thinking Sachar would, would be a top five finisher, but not really pushing for the podium. And I think when Matt dropped that bike, a lot of athletes went, wow, he's a big opportunity. He took that power out of the front of the racing. And I mean that with the utmost respect. That was gone, even though Jamie Riddle and and and, and the Kiwi bloody... Um, Taylor Reid. 
Ayla Reid were pushing the pace in the swim, it's still just as quick as swim. But without Matt driving on the front, it brought a lot of people back into the action, and, and he was a main benefactor of that. And he uh, he just was strong and consistent, never put himself out of it. If you watch his transitions, he put himself at the front, coming in off the bike, coming in off, coming in out of the swim. He put himself always in a good position, stayed out of the trouble. And, and that's how you got to race these formats, especially the eliminator format. So uh, not only was he great on ground in racing, he stepped out with us all. He had a, a great Saturday night, I tell you that. He came down into a, a couple did of he? the Eagles. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. glad he did, yeah. The Eagles oh, came out in, in Santa Monica and Satcha was there with his whole crew and I was like, boy, what are you doing here? I think they were shocked to see us out at this bungalows there in Santa Monica. Oh, so like, you oh, ran into each other? Yeah, we're just here for dinner. We're just here for dinner. I'm <laughs> like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what are all these bosses then, Satcha? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they had some, yeah they, they actually stepped up well so i think he was very very happy with himself it was it was controlled but he definitely had a few champagnes and a, and a great evening well if you know if you're young and you finish second you're on the podium you made fifteen thousand us and santa monica's just down the road what what, what wouldn't you do oh yeah hey? I agree. or if you're old and you have a 70.3 in two weeks and you just happen to be there and it's your fourth night in a row oh. why wouldn't you go out again <laughs> exactly <laughs> don't change it don't change it don't change don't it, it. Now, anyone might notice that Annie Emerson is not here with us, and this is the reason I just got an email from her. Oh, sorry, Will, I'm in Spain. I'm using a friend's laptop, and I can't join. I can't make the computer work. I lost my phone. I couldn't log into my Hotmail this morning. It's the Annie. dog ate my homework. Dog ate my homework. <laughs> Mate, heartstrings every time. Every time's the same. Annie cannot cannot operate a computer or anything. Um, you mentioned Dixon and Riddle. Fourth and fifth overall, you must be really happy with that. And it, these guys have—they seem to drive the racing, especially Dan Dixon. Apart from the fact that you should go onto the Instagram account and see him absolutely wail himself on a, on a wave. Have you guys seen that? Yet? <laughs> I have seen that. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, before like <laughs> it, that happened about ten minutes before the start, he came into transition. He's like, "Tim, Tim," and I'm like, "What?" And I was like, oh, "You want your water?" He goes, "No, my back, my back. I just got flipped in a wave." And I was like, "All right, mate, you'll be fine. You'll be fine." And then, you know, after the race, I said, how's your back? He goes, oh, yeah, it's fine. It's now. But then I saw the video and I'm like, gee, and he really did get like proper Geordie, like flipped, like by Jimmy Five Bellies or someone. Yeah, it's like an actual <laughs> scorpion, just the tail coming over the back, <laughs> you know? Like it was, he just learned from Vicky Holland last year. Uh, good to see Richard Murray back in the top 10. He's obviously had a pretty torrid time, a uh, 2017 champion. But now we focus on Toulouse, right? So we, we pull the storylines out about where we sit. Obviously, it's a it's a one-man race with Hayden Wild at the front after his second race win for the men. Uh, but Vasco Velasa is there in second position because he's backed up two podiums in a row. Um, and then in the women's, it's one point uh, as we arrive in Toulouse. Now, Toulouse is an interesting one. I haven't been to the to the race venue, so I don't really know, but there's, we swim in the river there and it looks like a tight, windy little course, although there's two decently long straights, I think. Um, on the bike course that where there might be a little bit of opportunity to put some power down. But um, have either of you been there already and seen the course? No, Tim? I, I haven't, no. I've had some inside knowledge. It's, um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting. It is very tight and you kind of go along the river, you go under the bridge and then you climb, you turn left and you climb up. And it's these, you know, typically French narrow streets. And then you come right round the back and then you drop whooshing down into transition. So, yes, four-lap bike and I think a one-lap run. Um, but, yeah, but yeah, it's going to be a tight course. And this is the first course in a while that no one's raced on. So there's no advantage yeah. to anyone here. 
And again, you know, I know we flip the courses, but you know, everyone turning up at London, they know the swim has the bridge. You know, Malibu, they know it's the soft sand. Well, here, no one, you know, no one knows, no one's done a French Grand Prix or anything here, so that's going to be interesting. Of course, recon is going to be really crucial for, for, for everyone on the Saturday morning. So is, is there a decent amount of altitude, like altitude change? Is there, like, is it a decent climb? or Elevation. Or you know, elevation I mean, change, no, yeah. I'd say it's more punchy, kind of like, so if, if you think, if we're riding three or four abreast, then, you know, seven of us, you know, you, when, if someone gets up the saddle, out the saddle on the front, it's going to stretch out, and then you hit a left-hand corner, it's going to stretch out again. So it's not necessarily lack of power that you're going to get dropped. It's more the case of positioning, not being aware, being in the wrong gear, having that confidence because I bet some of those corners, you know, with those high streets are going to be relatively blind. Um, so yeah, I, I think it will be a, a real, a real test. Um, and again, I think the run is exactly the same course as the bike this time. It is. So yeah. It'll be interesting. It is. It is that, that bit I do know. Um, and obviously, I mean, who, I mean, who does that favor? If you can pull out an athlete and go, okay, so there's a couple of little punchy climbs, you know, I mean, who, who do you go? Oh, that so-and-so will be good at that. I'm gonna I'm gonna say for once because I keep getting crit. I got pulled up by him on the weekend saying to me, "What do I have to do to become a favorite?" Wild, and wild. So Hayden is my favorite. You hear me, Hayden? Like <laughs> <laughs> New Zealand, and what do I have to do? Do you not like me? I'm like, I do. I think you're amazing. So, it, but to be honest, that type of course does suit Hayden Wild, right? Like he's he's just so good on the bike. He's he's so. His racing IQ is on point. He never panics. He knows his swim can be off a little bit, but as we've seen in many of the Super League racings, he knows where to put himself, puts himself on the right hip of people. He's always in position. He can be exposed a couple of times off the start in the early stages, but he, his bike is so strong, he pulls himself back in. And I think the single lap run with a climb on it will suit his running as well. So Hayden Wild's my favourite to win it, pushed very, very closely by Matt Hauser. Matt Hauser will get it a rough time. But Hayden, I'm picking you I think Vasco, Vasco's a little yeah. pocket rocket. You know, he's Great. so, I don't know if aggressive is the right word, but he's so confident in his ability and he's just got that 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 punchiness. Um, you know, Manny Hauser's, a, you know, a lot taller than him. Um, you know, Vasco can have a good swim in that first race to set himself up for good positioning on the bike. But it might be hard for Hayden to ride through if he has, if he swims like he did at the Commonwealth Games and he's in it from the gun, I agree he is, he is going to be the favourite. Um, yeah, but it's going to be good racing for the men's side, definitely. Um, there's, there's, while we're on the men's side, there's a couple of little rivalries that kind of bloomed somewhat during Malibu. Um, it, like first, the first one is everyone versus Hayden. Like I, I think like Hayden's very good at being What's like that? when it comes to the racing, he's elbows out, you know. And you heard Ryan Fisher say he wanted to knock him out on the telecast because he'd been bashed up in the, and like and a lot. Of, it's not the first person to say Hayden swam over the top of me. Hayden elbowed me in the ribs. You know he's clever. Like, like is that what Cam Worth said to him when they were at the back? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, like, and you know, Hayden does his own thing. He trains by himself. He does his own thing. He he goes out. He knows exactly what he's doing when it comes to racing, and that's why he gets the results he does. But he puts people's noses out of joint from time to time. Would that be a fair assessment, Macca? Yeah, but usually uh, you put people's noses out of joint when you're winning the way Hayden is, right? So it's funny when you're not at the front and pointy end, you can seem to get away with anything you want. But suddenly when you're, you're winning these races and fighting for series points, people tend to notice everything you do. So I, I think he does nothing wrong. I think 
People are aware that he's the danger zone, so they're looking for him at all times. So they're aware it's Hayden that hits them or they're aware that it's Hayden that went past them because they know when he does, it's a problem. And you, you just see it. You see the athletes get out of the water and they make sure they're in front of Hayden Wild because if you're not, you've got a problem. You may get isolated on the bike. So mm. he's become that that racer within the series, which means people are aware of it. I, I think he's he's great to watch. I think he's – I saw it in, in Munich when – he comes into the corners really, really hot and, and and forces a lot of the athletes, when he's behind, forces the athletes to give him room. And uh, is that dangerous or is that just good racing? You know, a, a Vincent Louis or, or a more, an Alistair Brownlee, even a Johnny Brownlee would, would close, those, close those holes and not let him get through. But a lot of the more inexperienced athletes give him that room, he elbows them out of the way and he moves through. I think he's he's magnificent to watch. And if you want to beat him, then you need to play the same tactics and, and, and shut him out. He's just too good to do that to at the moment. So we're going to see Ryan Fisher shut him out. What do you reckon this weekend? The enforcer, boom! Ryan <laughs> Fisher. Well, he was legitimately annoyed with with the Falcon, you know. But it, it's hard. Was, you can't, yeah. you know, when you're getting eliminated, you can't get too upset with the guy that won. Although, you know, Hayden, Taylor remember, Reed, Taylor Reed was annoyed as well with Matty Hauser. Yes, they were really yeah. quite upset with each other after that little bit of argy bargy yeah. uh, coming up the swim shoot. No. Yeah, I mean, yeah. after the race, um, yeah, Taylor turned his back on him when Matt, Matt went and apologised and goes, mate, it was racing, I was going for the points, I was in the moment, and apparently Taylor just turned around and just kind of like, just fully like, yeah, backed him out, and Matt went over to say something, and he, um, Taylor was having none of it, so Matt goes, well, yeah, there you go, mate, <laughs> cheers. Um, yeah, like, fight, 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 fight. <laughs> literally, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, That's it, like, behind the bike shed, three o'clock, yeah. right? That's what they all look that age to me. But that's uh-huh. that's so that's two Australia versus New Zealand battles, right? Across the whatever yeah. that is, Tasman or whatever. And it's <laughs> I should two, know. It's um. Have you noticed it's the sharks? What are Michelle and Stu doing to them? Because they're both sharks, you see. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. obviously both sharks, yeah, no. both Kiwis, both angry. Yeah, yeah, Ooh. right. Storyline <laughs> with the Aussie leader. We should blow yeah. that way out of proportion. I think just for clicks and likes <laughs> and shares and stuff. Um. So tips to the men's. Give me, give me a. Let's wrap it up in a second. But who who wins? So you got Hayden Macca in the men's, and who in the women's? Home. Um, I think she races well at home, and her run's been really good. And I hope that's if the, if it's dry. If it yeah, rains, I was about to say, heaven forbid it rains. <laughs> if it's George Taylor if it rains. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Anything different from you, TD? Yeah, I think Matty Hauser, he really wants, you know, I think he's he's the inform athlete. I think I'm, I'm backing him for the win. And, and yeah, Georgia Taylor-Brown, you know, she wants to get that series lead back. I think last year she did win the series, but it was very apparent she didn't win one race. As, again, I got pulled up of saying, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think she wants to win as many races as possible. And she showed that with intent in Malibu and, and got unlucky on that corner. So I definitely think Georgia Taylor-Brown will, um, yeah, will, will, will be you know, looking to, to have another great race. Before we wrap it up, uh, obviously all the details, superleaguetriathlon.com, where to watch, how to watch, wherever you are in the world, it'll be free for you to watch. It's going to be a fantastic uh, day's racing uh, next weekend. But there has been other racing on, and I'll chuck a, a one question to each of you, Macca, I'll go to you for uh, Ash Gentle running down the field in the PTO US Open. Three from three in the PTO now. And as an Australian and also as a Super League alumni, how good is it to see Ash doing so well? Oh, that run was amazing, but it, it shows just the discussion around heat. Apparently, it was very, very hot out there, and uh, you know that all abodes well for Ash's move up in, in distance, especially if she's targeting Ironman Hawaii. 
you know, it's one thing to run fast, it's one another thing to run fast in that type of heat. And she's just she's just made a statement. She's had an incredible year, getting married, so uh, missing the seventy point three worlds. So uh, which I think she would have been very very difficult to beat in, but a massive year, awesome to see. How'd you getting married to Josh Amberger? He's such a rare cat. You wouldn't know what was going to happen or what, was going to, what he was going to turn up to the wedding in. Could be anything. Um, uh, and, t- and Timmy, obviously you're in Kona. Uh, you will be there for the race, et cetera, et cetera. You're just making the trip up to Toulouse in between. Uh, what are your predictions, mate? What's going to happen in, on the big island in a couple of weeks' time? I think the Norwegians are going to come in and boss it. I think the front in the men's race, the front of the pack have lost the, the power with Alistair, with Jan. Not only are they driving forces in the swim, but on the bike as well. They really like to get to the front, put the power down early. We saw in um, the PTO male race, everything was a lot, the swims weren't as quick. Apparently the top swimmers um, decided not to swim full gas. I think they regretted that because all the, you know, lots of the people who don't have strong swims ended up riding and running through. And on the women, Daniela looks on fire. You know, Lucy Charles is on a red hot run coming back for form, but there's a big difference from two class 70.3s to an Ironman. And we saw Daniela in St. George, Swiss, the Swiss Ironman, and um, yeah, the Collins Cup as well. So yeah, I think Daniela is going to go first at number six. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, 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 yeah, that's looking, looking, yeah, it's bloody hot out here. I forgot. I did, a, <laughs> I did a 100k ride yesterday. And I forgot how, on, I'm, on, I'm on my road bike as well. My time trial bike it doesn't arrive till I think another couple of days. It's a lot harder on a road bike fighting the wind. Let me tell you that. <laughs> it's, it's good. It's good for the rest of us to hear you say that. Um, but lucky you're going to be totally slipstreaming in a couple of weeks yourself, Macca. So you'll be fine, mate. You haven't even got a bike yet, have you? <laughs> no. no, no, no. You need one? I need rental bikes. I hate traveling with bikes. After years of traveling with a bike, I always said I cannot wait to be retired. I never have to get on an airplane carting a bike again. So now I just tend to rent them wherever I go. Yeah. I always try and get a separate flight when it's a Super League thing. Otherwise, you end up with like Hayden's bike. I'm, why am I carrying? Why am I dealing with his stuff? This is what happens all the time. It's, it's, always, it's always Hayden too. He's like, oh, someone will fix it. I'm in charge. I'm the that's boss. It. I'm the favorite now. I don't need to worry about that's that. It. It's the Kiwis getting the Aussies to do everything. Exactly. I'm on side. How's a fisher? I'm, I'm not interested in Hayden and Reed. Not, not even a, not a jot. Um, thank you, gentlemen. Uh, no thanks at all to Annie Emerson, who gets paid zero for this. Well, she gets paid zero anyway, but um, I appreciate both of your times. Enjoy Kona, Tim. Enjoy Toulouse. En- enjoy blowing up Deluxe in Barcelona, Macca. Yeah, good uh, luck. Good luck. I can't <laughs> wait to hear the stories. It'll be sad, mate. It'll be sad not to commentate alongside you for the first time ever. I'll be tracking you. I'll be tracking. <laughs> no, it's a swim bike done. Don't be looking for me at the finish line. I'm not running. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Nah, you'll, you'll, forget. you'll forget how old you are, 100%, and you'll blow you yourself up. have a watch party. Put the pressure on him. Put, have a watch yeah, party. The Macca watch party on the app. <laughs> Track when the dot stops. Lay your bets. <laughs> All right. That's a good note to finish on. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Uh, we'll catch up for another short shoot show off the back of Toulouse. Bye for now.